Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. I have the great privilege of meeting many, many, many different peoples, persons from many, many, many different walks of life, all of which <laughs> come to see me, unfortunately so, because they're having some difficulties in their life. But in meeting so many people from so much diversity as far as background, experience, culture, maybe problems, I think the symptoms are obviously different. And if you really did a deep dive into all the possible presentations, besides just the more general ones of depression and worry and anxiety and all of those things <laughs> in more secular terms, we seem as a society to be struggling with in mass in our uh, current sort of dispensation. Uh, nonetheless, the one common element, especially when you think of covenants being specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, ministry, is the absence of the full, I suppose, impartation, I could call it that, of Jesus Christ as he then would be turned toward, as in the Holy Spirit, would be turned toward addressing their particular unique need at that particular unique time in, again, their life, current, present tense, as I'm seeing them today. And therein, the diversity sort of really doesn't matter. It does, just like every individual, the unique personality matters to God, and it certainly does. Uh, so much so, we name everything, including ourselves. And we hold unique individual to be high, highly esteemed. You're your own person. You're, there's no two of you. There's only one of you. Uh, yes, that's true. But in that same sort of way, possibly on the other side of the continuum, there's only one Jesus who is the Christ. And maybe we should begin there when it comes to addressing all these individual unique sort of dimensions of health or subjects, specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, needs uh, that people come to see me to receive help for and that I'm hoping to assist in this manner and way. Saying that, <laughs> I'd like to point out that many of them come in and some know more about the Word of God than others and even so, I am myself translating the Word of God as best I can in terms that they can understand, appealing to their certain level of knowledge, maybe even maturity in their relationship with God, their Christian walk, uh, currency again, whether they read the Word of God, whether or not they are prayerful, 
And in that then, I'm all things, all matter of men, so that I might win them over to Jesus Christ. Because I do believe the answer is in Jesus. But I also believe the answer more so than even in Jesus is in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which says, basically, the answer is in them, as with the Holy Spirit, when they would come to that place of acknowledging the need for Jesus, the Christ, the Holy Spirit, believing such that the answer could then be forthcoming unto them uniquely in the very individualized sort of presentation of who they are and where they've been placed in the body and of Christ, that is, uh, who their neighbors are, what their life has become, what their life in God's presentation was to have been, how to make reconciliation, how to help them to identify, understand that the answer, if applied, would then remedy all matter of ailment and illness and disease. I do believe that. But I also believe not everyone will receive or because of certain situational, circumstantial sort of dimensions and then confidence, faith, courage, To apply the word, some get it more than others. And some remain reliant upon others to distribute not only word to them, but assistance. I'd like it if we all could be (laughs) as Jesus and have then that relationship with God as is promised in Jesus, to the end of not only our experience of the fullness of salvation and healing therein, but can share it with others. Acts chapter 18, beginning with verse 24. And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man, And mighty in the scriptures came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, that small s, he spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. And he began to speak Boldly in the synagogue, whom when Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly. And when he was disposed to pass into Achaia, the brethren wrote, exhorting the disciples to receive him, who when he was come, helped them much who had believed through grace." For he mightily convinced the Jews, and that publicly, showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. All good stuff. Apollos, knowing the word of God, knowing the way of God even more perfectly, thanks to Aquila and Priscilla, himself a Jew, 
born at Alexandria and mighty in the scriptures, was telling people in that more perfect presentation, believing Priscilla and Aquila, explained how Jesus was the Christ, he was already beginning to do the work of evangelism, I would suppose the end of evangelism being the salvation experience unto, the supposition would not be that it would not be salvation, but unto whatever might be the fullness of not only one's experience of salvation, but walk and then the healing and maybe even then the ultimate end, as I said a few moments ago about Christian counseling and specialized pastoral care, presentation of Jesus to whatever might ail you, to the fixing, uh, the reparation, maybe the paying of the price necessary, not only for saving, but really the repair the redemption, the resurrection of the human soul as might then be more perfectly aligned, completely aligned with Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus, the Christ, so that all that would hear would not only be saved, but could then walk in salvation, redemption, and share that with others. Again, (laughs) what I believe Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry is all about is presenting Jesus or presentation of Jesus as the Christ, evangelism, and then trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to finish the work. I can be there to assist. Once again, not everyone will be quite at the same place when it comes to belief terms, when it comes to belief And thus, would some receive more, possibly others a bit less, secured in their salvation, but not quite experiencing the fullness of what that means. Not eternally, as in in the hereafter, heavenly dimensions, but more so even, and how their salvation gets worked out, as King James might put it, with fear and trembling. And such then that they might lean upon or need to lean upon someone, I'm quite all right with that. I don't want to encourage that. I don't want to promote that. I don't want to hold anybody back from receiving all that they could receive in terms of overcoming whatever again might be the symptoms of their humanity, the iniquity and sin that goes with their humanity, their carnal or mortal dimension of soul, but at the same time, though, if they continue to need some assistance and there's a bit more of a stronghold through their personal, unique, individual experience of life empirically, I want to be there to assist and help. I think Apollos knew much in the way of salvation or about evangelism or in that being about evangelism, salvation, Sufficient to mightily convincing the Jews and that publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was Christ. What we will find out as we continue then with chapter 19, 
starting with verse 1, is that that still wasn't the fullness thereof of what was available to him. And though that might have been sufficient to salvation in the name of Jesus, by authority of Jesus the Christ, the Holy Spirit had yet to be shown, revealed, loosed, freed even, within not only those he was preaching to, evangelizing, persuading, but possibly even himself. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper borders, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Not the small s spirit, but the Holy Spirit. Since you believed. And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Spirit. Now, is it enough to believe, be saved on the basis of belief? I think so. <laughs> believe upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. For whosoever believeth, And with that, then, if they believed, the question of have you received the Holy Spirit might be a bit different than simply believing. Is believing salvation? Yes. Is the fullness of your salvation then receipt of the Holy Spirit? I might say yes if based on nothing more than this passage. And I believe Apollos had preached a good word. I believe Priscilla and Aquila had shared with them all that Apollos was quite capable of receiving at the moment, the time that he spent with them. And he testified. He told the world, his world, of Jesus as the Christ. And again was effectual in his effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. Fervency. And I do believe there's a righteousness. In a moment, we're going to proceed with the scripture and understand that righteousness is an Old Testament feature, and John the Baptist was righteous, but he did not present the Holy Spirit as Jesus presented the Holy Spirit as much as he was calling all of us, and particularly those that he was evangelizing, to be aware that there's more to come and simply believing. And with that then, not to the discounting of righteousness, but to the acceptance that you can only operate in what you, I guess, know. I'm going to read that passage, 19 verses 1 and 2 again. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper borders, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Spirit since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there is any Holy Spirit. 
Now proceeding with verse 3. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. For Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. Five. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul, verse 6, had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. Sue, verse 7. So, was it then that believing on Jesus in the way that John the Baptist presented the Christ to come as sufficient to salvation? It was righteous. It was, right, sanctified, as with Old Testament sanctification, and even so, the cleansing waters of the Jordan, and John the Baptist recognizing and realizing repentance or penitence is the beginning. It is the start of the salvation experience, but the salvation experience has to end in Jesus Christ, lest the Holy Spirit could not be identified, but to know is as important as to receive. That's part of the logistics. That's part of the Old Testament, possibly. That it's all about presenting the need, presenting in the need, then, the inadequacy of even righteousness, if it's self-righteousness. If it's still unto yourself, out of yourself, your best intentions to do the right thing. Apollos, again, remember... He was an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures. Apollos, being the Jew that he was, was able to speak to the Jews and with them publicly showing by scripture that Jesus was the Christ. But until they know the need, and in that way, with some element I would presume of conviction to the end of persuasion, it wasn't only out of Apollos, and it wasn't only an intellectual exercise, but it wasn't a finished work until Paul could come along and say, hey, wait a minute, have you received the Holy Spirit? And of course they would say, we don't even know about the Holy Spirit. And Paul then could say, then who are you believing upon? which isn't to discount their belief or even Apollos in the salvation message, the evangelism. It just means even as you would then come to Jesus penitent, confessing your sins, understanding the iniquity therein of believing in yourself, and then self-justification, self-righteousness, even if inspired of the Holy Spirit, as was the Old Testament, Old Testament, and unto then your best efforts to logistically place yourself in a position to fully receive the, again, impartation of the Holy Spirit 
you won't receive the Holy Spirit until not only do you believe that there is a Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit then, in believing in the name of Jesus, by authority of Jesus, the Christ, and his gospel, you would properly begin by aligning your carnal, your mind, your human, your psychology, your emotions, operationally, so as to then be one in the mind of not only God, as with the Old Testament, but Jesus, that's when the Holy Spirit would come to you. That is what a lot of people are missing when they come to see me. It's not that they don't believe in Jesus. It's not even that they don't have a relationship with Christ. It certainly wouldn't be, as I've advocated the last few podcasts, that the Holy Spirit wasn't there all along, but they were not in the position because of disbelief. And what is belief? Belief is an action that comes from conscious intention. I also believe is unctioned of the Holy Spirit with conviction to repent. I cannot do this of myself. Coming to me, I can be in an Elihu, Job, sort of way, a reminder, not Job's friends, but Elihu, God can answer your questions. God has an answer to all of your circumstances of your life, your unique individual circumstances that make up who you are as a person that, as I began the podcast, we even go as far as naming very personal, very unique, but it's universally so in Jesus Christ that we find salvation because it's not about changing that. It's about laying claim to what is in you that otherwise God has already given you that in the name of Jesus Christ is once again loosed from within you to speak to you to help you understand you uniquely me. Make it an I statement. Not Dave Clay, not any other pastor or anyone else offering specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling. I can speak to you as best I know of Scripture to where you are in your maturity, your understanding of the Word, your walk with the Lord, your sanctification, even. Whether it be more still leaning toward the Old Testament or whether it be with full dispensation. As then would then be speaking in tongues. As then would be evidence of the fullness there of the Holy Spirit. Not because you spoke in tongues, but that you spoke in or from a tongue that is beyond your human comprehension the language of which no one has heard before and might possibly never hear again, except be it unto you, but it is the love of God manifesting Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit now speaking, uttering words unto you that no other person could even possibly discern. I do believe that's why 1 Corinthians 13 
Paul says, it's not up to me to judge the language that you speak, except that that would be spoken corporately because it is such a confusing matter because it wasn't intention for me. It is your personal love language with Jesus Christ, with God, that speaks to you, you as an individual personally. Doesn't mean Apollos would not, could not have shared the gift of the Holy Spirit, or at least as Paul then, as much as, not least only, but also as much as Paul then was able to present it in genuine testimony. But it wasn't Paul and what Paul said. It wasn't even the laying on the hands as in Paul did something that a Christian counselor could do or specialized pastoral care providers, service provider could do. It's what only the Holy Spirit could do. But Paul presented that in genuine testimony with evidence of Holy Spirit operations. But it all began with him saying, wait a minute, you're still approaching this as from the Old Testament. You're still looking at this, and who were they speaking to? Who was he speaking to? Who had Paulus spoken to? But the Jews, you're still approaching this from the flesh. Don't. Don't approach it from the individual. Don't. Don't approach it from the cultural. Don't. Don't approach it even historically speaking from all that the Old Testament has revealed unto you of who God is. What the promises of God are to you, your people, my people, uniquely. Approach it from Jesus, the Christ. And realize the gospel of Jesus Christ is you are liberated from within as much as the Holy Spirit would then be manifest upon your belief. Your belief is not in any institution It's not in any religion. It's not even in any denomination. It is in Jesus, the Christ, and the fact that Jesus Christ is not only the Christ, but God's gift of love manifests physically unto you to take on the sins of the world so that you too might realize that it has nothing to do with your material saving you matter. The world around you, even you, your intellect, the intellect of those that you consider to be wise, even Apollos or even Paul. It has to do with Jesus. And God now speaking in that most intimate of ways directly to you, to the Holy Spirit. You just have to get your head out of the way. You have to remove that stronghold. We are empirical creatures. By the time we get to a place of realizing we need Jesus, we've lost the Holy Spirit. What might have been there when we were born, and we are all born into iniquity and sin. It is the human perspective. It is the human paradigm. It is the limits of our humanity. It's our incapability to perceive and thus conceive of anything more than the most trivial, I would want to say. It's probably not the good way to say it. The most earthy, sensual of experiences. And it doesn't take long 
until the devil enters in, if not already insidiously so, because of our humanity, because we are of human construct as much divine inspiration of God, nonetheless, in human vessels, we are already of dirt. (laughs) That's why I had to say trivial. The lesser order. But we reclaim or lay claim to the highest order, not through anything that would be construct of clay feet of that earth, even if it is with history, even if it is of language, even if it is of writing these things down, even if it were to be of Holy Spirit translation or inspiration for translation. The only thing that's going to open your eyes to the Holy Spirit that's been there all along is Jesus the Christ and the love of God that is representative for God so loved the world that whosoever believeth believing is an intellectual exercise it's not that you can do that without Holy Spirit again inspiration but if it's Holy Spirit inspiration, then the Holy Spirit has to help you not only initially convict you, but also in that we love because he first loved us. Speak your love language uniquely to you in a way that is very, very, very unique, specialized, personalized to you. And that's exactly what the relationship is that we are to have with Jesus the Christ. You'll never have that with another human being. Except it would be then some manifestation of the Holy Spirit. But it's not because it's still going to come through earth and vessels. Jesus lives in you. But he does so because there is already a place that God has set aside. Even as the Garden of Eden was a a place. (laughs) I want to say that. Space, place, space in time. For the sake of meeting with God. It's in your heart and Jesus meets you there and God speaks to you there because the tree of life was once again in the garden before even so the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It's just we partake of the knowledge of good and evil so much so because we don't have the knowing and maybe even such the awareness to then bring down the stronghold of our own disbelief. Your personality is what kills you. Your personality in human construct, human dimension, is your end. But once you begin to realize that, when you know and you commit yourself with that level of belief, even though it is a material one, you are penitent. You are in then a confession of your iniquity and sin, and you're saying, Jesus, thou son of David, Have mercy upon me. And in that way, it doesn't take anything in the way of time for you to discover he's there immediately inside of you. He's there to speak to you. The Holy Spirit is there. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door and allow me to enter in, where? Inside of them, to the Holy of Holies in them. I got that messed up last podcast. <laughs> I'm going to mess it up today. 
My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus doesn't put a yoke upon us, he sets us free. But what the freedom is, is that we don't have to go with an intercessor in mind in any sort of material carnal terms. We have access to the very throne of God. Hebrews 4. (laughs) And we can enter into that at any time because we're never separated from that except that we would then in disbelief and seduction the trick of the devil he would convince you oh God's not with you right now no God's with you always Jesus is with you always Jesus has been with you always you've put up the wall you've divided yourself Apollos had not experienced that yet these individuals Paul is speaking to and Acts 19 had come to that and it's kind of interesting to think that even as much this passage I read through verse 7 ends with this thought in mind I'll go to 6 just to kind of get a run and go at 7 and when Paul had laid his hands upon them the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied And all the men were about 12. I don't think that there's anything overly significant necessarily about 12. You could say, well, maybe it's got something to do with the 12 disciples. Maybe it's just a representation again of what Jesus had claimed when he came and chose the 12. (laughs) And remember, there was a Judas But also remember what happens when you allow Judas, as with the Judas, it's kind of spirit, to lead you to a place of such allowing the devil to enter in and disbelief. It could train wreck you. It won't train wreck the group. It's just train wreck you. But that's also Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry because it's like the lost sheep. He would leave the others just to chase after the one. We just have to believe. And also, what is it we have to believe? That penitence to repent is all that's necessary. You don't have to hang yourself. You don't have to let the devil destroy you by believing that somehow you've committed the unpardonable sin. Blaspheme the Holy Ghost. No, you can't do that except you would not believe. But to believe is how you loose the Holy Spirit. And there is no lack of evidence then, whether it's speaking in tongues or prophecy. But what is it that you're prophesying unto? God loves me and it's all going to work out. He didn't hold it against me. He didn't kick me out of the garden. I kicked myself out of the garden. I cast away Jesus, my salvation. I rejected the Holy Spirit all along. He's been laboring with me to the end of salvation. But if you make it transactional again, if you can't understand how to tear down that stronghold, shut that door. You'll go right back to it. And it won't take very long for the devil to build that back up again. My job in specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, is just to keep reminding you 
You can't wall Jesus out because he's inside of you. What you can do is the Holy Spirit. You can grieve the Holy Spirit and you can grieve the Holy Spirit such that even as Jesus tries to speak to you through the Holy Spirit, you're not going to be listening. Why? Because you think you have done that one thing that is a deal breaker. There's no deal breakers with God. God loves you from the start. He loves you to the finish. He sent Jesus to tell you again how much he loves you. He didn't have to breathe upon you again. He just had to prove to you empirically for the sake of overcoming that. As if you would need to put your hands on it. Stick your fingers in the nail holes so to speak, of Christ the Messiah. See him literally resurrected. Again, experiencing him in such the dramatic fashion as with speaking in tongues, as with, again, the gift of prophecy. It's all for demonstration that he's never forsaken you. But once you believe by authority of Jesus being the Son of God, the Christ, it all comes back. John the Baptist, even he had a struggle when he was in Herod's prison, when he was being threatened with his very life by Herodias. The idea that she requested or asked that John's head be given on a platter. What did he do? He sent his disciples to Jesus, John's, and said, Are you really the Messiah? Are you really the Christ? You can look at that a lot of different ways. Was it an opportunity to exalt Christ? I am sure, just to reaffirm, was it John's doubting? Was there element of disbelief still? He was still in the flesh. There's, again, no reason to think that that isn't with iniquity and sin. Doubt, fear. That's where it all comes from. That's what the devil uses to our end of self-destruction. But I think legitimately that was John asking. But we're beyond that now, right? We're beyond that now. We now have the impartation of the Holy Spirit as he would then be fully manifest unto us. We're beyond that now because now we realize It's us that separates us from God. God never separates anything from us. He never takes anything away from us. And as long as we're alive and living and breathing, there is opportunity for salvation simply because God does not take anything away from us except that we would reject. And what is it we're rejecting? The Holy Spirit. As we did, as Adam and Eve did, our human legacy, we Royally so. Being part of the human race. We did in the garden. But we don't want to do that now. We want to believe. And not only do we want to believe. But to really once and for all. Remove that threat. You can't go back to thinking about God leaving you. Or you can't go back to thinking about being lost as being a condition that God put on you. You put that on yourself. God's been there all along. You've walled yourself off with the insistence, the seduction again, the trickery of the devil to kill, steal, and destroy. You've empirically ate of that fruit. 
And only you then can declare it's been a lie, a deception all along. The devil can't do anything but lie to you. He cannot kill you. You can submit to the lie. And when it comes time, deny Jesus even up to the time of your passing. And deny yourself the fullness thereof. Of not only your salvation, reclaiming it, accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. That intentioned belief or act of believing in the name and the authority of Jesus. But why would you do that only to deny yourself the fullness thereof? You have to sell out to Jesus. But once you make that declaration, then don't go back. Forget about the devil to the extent or degree. Not that he won't attack because there'll still be flesh. Not that he won't tempt because there'll still be flesh. Not that you won't be around people, others, who may doubt and disbelieve, who may be immature. But if you're going to lay hands on those folks, and you sons of Sceva. We may read that passage in a future podcast. I think I'm going to go there. I believe that's Acts 22. Unless you want that to come back on you, you have to believe with your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. But it takes us right back to my favorite reference, the two great commandments. To know there is but one God, to love him with all thy heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Then you can love others as you love yourself. But if you don't do the first one fully and completely and totally dismiss the fact that the devil can steal you from God once you've been saved, once you've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. But if you open that, you can fall into apostasy. Paul says that. And you'll be worse than you were to never have really accomplished the reconciliation, the reclamation is the word I really wanted to get out. In Jesus Christ and his gospel. Jesus has paid the ultimate price and proven unto you. He is the risen Savior. Not only does he live, but God lives. And not only does God live, but there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's really all there is to specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling ministry. You might make it more difficult. You might need more instruction and guidance. I'm not saying don't come see someone such as myself. I'm not saying don't continue to read the word. I'm not saying don't continue to study. I'm not saying don't continue to receive discipleship from those that may be a bit stronger, that when you're a bit weaker, they can pray for you. Not that you will not be sifted because you will I'm just saying if you fall into apostasy and walk away from that promise it becomes increasingly difficult because of your flesh to reclaim that in the flesh and your disbelief is what casts you into hell you're doubting the power of God to heal to overcome all that ails you All those things that are the product of iniquity and sin, you have victory over in the name of Jesus. 
Does it keep you out of heaven? No, I think your salvation is secure in Christ once you've accepted him. But you can struggle a lot more than you would have to. And you can deny yourself the fullness of all that God has in store for you in Christ Jesus to the end of this life, even before you pass on releasing all those things that the devil does use against you of your flesh, your doubts, your fears, your empiricism, your human operations, then you can actually kind of be a miserable person even if you're a Christian. Don't do that. Claim it in the name of Jesus. And you will not only be saved, but you will walk in the victory that is salvation. And you will bless others with that. Because they'll see that as inspiration. Oh, I understand. Now I've got this in me, but now I can see how when you believe it fully, totally, you sell out to Jesus. And the gospel that Jesus brings to us, that the breath is just as easy as taking your next breath, claiming the breath of life that God breathed into us. It's pretty hard for the devil to get any traction on that. It's also pretty hard for the devil to get any traction on that if you continue to surround yourself with believers. And I would hope that the podcast helps in that way. What is Covenant Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Dr. Michael David Clay. Should you want, though, a little bit of exhortation and encouragement, go to your church. Talk to your pastor at church. Forsake not the assembly of the brethren. But if it is a unique and individualized sort of experience that you're longing for and if for whatever reason there's still a stronghold that you can't see because you're blind to it because of denial and the devil using that against you disbelief come see me I'm going to say the same sorts of things reach out to us 304-528-9220 so that you can come see us you can find us online at covenantsonline.com you can find us at Facebook. And YouTube at Covenant. Again, you can call. I believe I announced that, but I'll do it again. 304-528-9220. You can come back for the next podcast. We drop it weekly. And we do hope that it encourages you and exhorts you. And <sighs> Two or more that gather together in my name, they're in the midst of them. It has that effect. Even if we're not in physical dimension, we are in spiritual dimension as one in the body of believers. Christ, and for those of you who may be lost, I'm hoping <laughs> the Holy Spirit could use the fervor, the passion of the Holy Spirit as it would come through me to encourage you to open your Bible, pray. You could receive not only the message of a need for penitence and repenting, but that you can pray that the Holy Spirit, you would be open to receiving him in the fullness that God wants you to. Until we get a chance, however, to meet again. God bless you. And thanks.